Welcome to the summer edition of the Sprint Success with Design Thinking podcast. How do you navigate change? It's a question we think about often and one that today's world expects us to be comfortable with. The challenge, however, is where do you begin and how do you develop the mindset and skill set to be successful? Welcome everyone to the Sprint to Success with Design Thinking podcast. I'm your host, Saba Kidwai. Join me each week as I share the stories and strategies from the world's leading researchers and practitioners about why they believe the answer lies in practicing design thinking. At the root of where I find myself doing most of my work these days, um, and like I say, I mentioned like I've been a process consultant. I've done large scale organizational change. I've worked with everybody from like GE and Travelers Insurance and Ford Motor Company, um, and you know, to startups to people like Spotify and you know, like, and I've worked in the startup space in the in the Bay Area quite a bit as well. Um, plus, in a lot of nonprofit work. So the and and so like I've tried all sorts of different things, and I often find there's a common thing when you're trying to change an organization that everybody complains about middle management. Because middle management is sort of like they hold the, they're the people who hold all of the, 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 the templates that the organizations run on. And in many ways, their job is to run those templates. And so they're very resistant to letting them go because then they feel, they fear they don't have value anymore. There's, it becomes sort of an existential crisis for them often. Um, we call them the organizational antibodies to change sometimes, right? Like, and it's understandable. Like, I don't want to actually demonize them because I, I, I love these people and I've worked with them a lot. But the but what I realized after a while is that what I was be, what was happening was I was being hired by leadership teams to help them with their organization's problems, and I'm going to flip a quote from a horse trainer actually on its head here. He he said that he's hired by people to help them with horse problems, but really he's helping horses with people problems. Um, this is a bad metaphor potentially, but like but I really realized like I'm helping organizations with leadership team problems. And so like, cause one really, really common thing, I know you've worked in the design thinking space that you see is that um, the weird, the weird thing about design thinking in organizations is that it's needs to be done by technology often. Like does the, they're the ones who are pushing it, you know, like, Oh, we're going to work in this new way, but product is owned by an entirely different silo in the organization. Business decisions, feature decisions are owned entirely differently. And the way capital is allocated is really combative. And so what you have is you have these two parts of the organizations battling with each other. And the only solution I've been able to find is to actually get the people at the top of that hierarchy to begin talking to each other in a new way. And so now my work is almost exclusively with leadership teams. And I either work in um, sort of sustained kind of like multi-month programs with them, or I'll just come in and do a, an offsite or a, or a board meeting, as I mentioned before, but like, and what I'm trying to do, my goal is always, I don't really care what the outcome is. I don't even care what the topic is half the time. What I'm after is getting those people to interact in a different way. I'm going to, I want to change the emotional landscape of that team because once you can begin to sort of, because, you know, we're emotional creatures. I always describe it as like the emotionality is the, is the, is the iceberg, right? It's the bottom of the iceberg, whereas the intellectuality and the skills and all of that, that's the top of the iceberg. So we always are trying to manipulate the top thing to improve team performance, but really, it's really this emotional landscape. And so, and, and I'm not even trying to move it that far sometimes. You know, like sometimes it's just as, as simple as setting a timer and getting people to listen to each other for once. Um, COVID has been actually a real benefit to this because teams have, people have gone remote suddenly and they're like, oh my God, I don't know what anybody else is doing. We better talk. And so I, one leadership team I'm working with, they suddenly started, I've been, I've been trying to get them to have a weekly meeting 
for months. I'd been trying to get them to just, I said, I'll facilitate it. Just like we need to have a weekly coordination meeting. And this was a group that wasn't even talking to each other. They were having individual conversations about each other, but they weren't talking as a group. They weren't debating issues as a holistic team. And so the, the, the person at the top was just like, well, this person tells me this and this person tells me that. I don't know what to do. Anyway, COVID hits. They meet every single morning at 8 a.m. Every single morning. And it's game changer. Complete game changer. Complete game changer. They don't, you know, always agree, but I don't want them to always agree. But they like each other. They collaborate. They actually figure out what the problem is that needs to be solved and they actually move forward solving it. And to me, now that is beginning to cascade out through the organization. And so now actually, I have to do this later today. I'm beginning to plan how we're going to restructure the teams a little bit, but I'm doing it based on this paradigm that we've created in the leadership team to start off with. And we're going to begin to cascade that down. And I think that's like, to me, like that's the only thing that works. Um, I love processes. I love design thinking. I love lean startup and all that stuff, but I don't think it really, it's not a silver bullet unless you can get to the leadership team. It's not hitting the heart of it. Yeah. People aren't able to really share their heart in yeah. a safe way. Yeah. You know, you, you, you've been talking about education and just a small footnote testimonial from a ninth grade teacher who also got our early edition of the book. And it was one of the most glowing reviews we got. She's like, I use this process with my ninth graders and they are more engaged and they're more organized and what I, my sub, what I read between the lines was that the process allows the kids to feel like they are actually part of the process and not just being dictated to. And we see that with our son who, you know, we have this conversation in various ways all the time. Actually, the woman who wrote the foreword for the book, she's the mom of five and she's an entrepreneur. And she's like, this book has changed her marriage and her family and her kids. She's like, Every middle schooler needs to be taught this format to be able to communicate with each other so that you can work together. Just like, nobody taught me that. <laughs> it's your turn to join the conversation by sharing what you enjoyed or what questions you still have. In a world where time and attention are so valuable, thank you for choosing to listen and for being a part of our Sprint to Success with Design Thinking community. 